good evening and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cherry Ice Cream Smile. It's Jody, and I'm here with Stephanie, Suzanne, and Deanna today. We're playing catch up because not only have we not seen, and I say that in quotation marks, each other in quite some time, um, we have not been able to kind of put our thoughts together about all of the things that um, Duran Duran are involved in or all the celebrations for Duran Duran 40 um, that are popping up. So we kind of wanted to just um, put it all together, talk about some of the things that we have tried to catch up on lately. Stephanie, you start with the um, billboard in Times Square. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, there was a billboard um, in unison with the uh, Duran 40 Pandora station, which was not far from in Times Square in New York City, for those who are listening around the world and have not been to New York City before. Having a billboard in Times Square is a big deal. If you've ever been in Times Square, I mean, it's a, you know, a bunch of full of you know, tall buildings and that, that, that city infamous landscape. Seems like the billboard seems to be that much bigger in Times Square. Am I right? <laughs> Am I wrong on that? Um, everything just seems to be much bigger in Times Square. And so for Duran to have a digital billboard um, was just fantastic to see. And from my understanding, I saw someone else comment that it, it wasn't too far away from 45th and uh, Broadway. I think Lori <laughs> said that. Nice. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So look, I'm looking at a picture of it, and it was above the watch door in Levi's. So it's on that corner. I did some, I, I Google searched for it today because I, I was trying to remind myself of it. I'm pretty sure I saw it when, when the news came out. But all I found was a similar situation during um, the July 2019 uh, NASA show. There was a big billboard for that. And I was like, I don't remember Duran Duran having a big billboard in um, Times Square in July of 2019. So I think that's pretty cool that they do get that kind of love in Times Square. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, the breakdown of the Pandora's, uh, Duran 40 on Pandora, I thought was fantastic because um, for those who haven't had a chance to listen, if you go to Duran Duran, it's Instagram page, they have a link in bio and they have everything conveniently located um, for you there. And so you can click on the um, Duran 40 Pandora box and it'll take you to um, the playlist. It's a fantastic playlist. I can't remember how many songs are on that play- playlist. It's a pretty lengthy playlist, um, but it's got um, one of the guys comedy um, on each song before it goes into the entire song. One or more and special guests. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A very special friend of ours named Mr. Niall Rogers appears at I didn't mean for that to happen. (laughs) I just started my Pandora and it all started on Jody with these special Um, effects. (laughs) At least I flushed already. Um, I was trying to count the number of songs on this playlist and I can't get it to come up right. So I'll come up with that number in a minute. But are there 40 songs on the playlist? I wanted to say there are 40 because as I was going through it, I was like, wait, these aren't all hits. So they pulled um, kind of 
popular songs. And it was, I, I even as, you know, you get towards pop trash and those that people don't really know very well, the numbers of songs from albums kind of went from four to two or one, you know. So um, the first couple of albums, you get four or five choices from one album. And then as you get older, the, the songs kind of dwindle. Um, but yeah, I think there were 40. And maybe that's why there's not um, hallucinating Elvis from Pop Trash because I think that one should be on there. But what do you, what did you? I thought I thought the Pandora thing was fantastic, fantastic. And there's I'm more a, than forty. I just tried to count, and I'm over okay, forty. Good. I'm a sucker for track by track things. When a band talks about their records or a record track by track, I I can totally get into every bit of that. And this is almost like doing a record track by track and talking about each song. What did you guys think? I would agree with you. And I, and I love the fact that they didn't just do the hit quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like when deeper cuts, deeper tracks are included on anything. So especially set list, but that's a whole nother topic. You know, we talked about this before. We're very invested in like behind the scenes of things and how, how things come together. Um, and we want to know the background of, of things. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed hearing, you know, what the mindset was at the time of the recording of the song or the idea for it. Um, and of course, you know, the list starts off with Planet Earth. And, you know, they were coming off, Nick was talking about how they were coming off of, you know, the end of punk. And so um, as they pride themselves of not sounding like anybody else, um, they tried to, they, but they tried to fuse uh, Georgia Marauder and Kraftwerk. And that's kind of how Planet Earth. Um, came about how the romantic came into a lyric is that simon said that um he had read an nme article in the article it says here comes the new romantics so that's where he took that lyric from and he was like and so it was interesting that that is um made it wade into the opening line of the song yeah i thought that was fascinating i did too and that book that i've referenced a couple of times uh, sweet dreams references that same article in the same vein, I mean, Simon turned it into a song, but um, it, it, that one statement in that enemy article set off a whole culture shift, which I, I thought was pretty significant. Absolutely. Um, um, he also talked about, um, Simon did, he, he talked about uh, Careless Memories and that that was one of the three songs um, that he brought with him before he joined the band. He had already written Careless Memories, um, The Chauffeur, and Waiting for the Night Boat. So he brought those songs to him um, before he, well, when he joined the band, those were three songs that he had already written by himself. And so I don't quite know if I, maybe I, we probably knew that, but it was just a nice reminder to hear because we've seen his uh, notebook with different songs and lyrics over the years. It was kind of a nice reminder that the songs were always there. And he had those fully written, but then he had just titles or phrases. New Moon on Monday was one of those phrases that he just had sitting somewhere in a notebook. And there was another one I didn't write down, but there was another one that was just a, a, a lyric that he had written down that became something he turned into a song. So I kind of love hearing that. I love hearing that kind of stuff. The aphids rising. No, we already had that. That's in the chauffeur. I know, but that's just a weird. I had to look up aphids when I was like 12 years old. He told the story about riding out on the tar planes to glide your moving. Yeah. And he was on kibbutz and just kind of sitting under a tree. And off in the field in front of him was two girl, two Israeli female soldiers 
who were working and they were on a tractor and one of them was standing up with their arms out and the tractor's going very fast and hair's flowing and dirt's flying and he says there's just in that moment it has nothing to do with the scene that was happening but he remembers the scene and he remembers in his head thinking out on the tar plains the glides are moving and he just wrote it and that's that's how the chauffeur came about i think that is so romantic that is just so freaking fantastic and so in nice, that moment, like, I know 18 years old, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I could actually, as you were saying that, Jody, like I could actually, I got a visual in my head mm-hmm. of what that, mm-hmm. that looked like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, they got too notorious and Niles talking. Uh, it, obviously, Niles spoke a little bit about doing the reflex and everything. But Niles says that Nick would come to him at that time and say, Niall, we need to slide it up. And then Niall says, okay, so... What, we have to sit here and think, what would Sly do? And I wrote WWSD. And I'm like, okay, I'm keeping that because I love it. They were funking up the music and they were thinking about Sly and the Family Stone and it's all about WWSD. I thought that is so fantastic. And for, for Niall to bring that was just, was perfect. I mentioned before that Nick and John wrote The Man Who Stole the Leopard, which I think is I don't know. It's that kind of shocked me for some reason. Nick and John wrote the lyrics to Man Who Sold Leopard. Uh, two other two other things specifically that I wrote down and noted from this particular thing. John says that he gets triggered when he listens to Violence of Summer because of the line that Simon wrote that comes from a moment in Duran Duran history. And I never put these things together. But we might remember, I think from John's book, maybe Andy's book, that there was a fight in Germany at a bar when John broke or put his hand through some glass and ended up having to cancel a show because he had hurt his hand so bad or canceled pretty much a tour. And the name of that bar was Sugar Shack. And in Violence of Summer, Simon sings while other guys break heads in the Sugar Shack. And John says, I was really mad at him for writing that for a really long time because it really triggered me. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but now I can't not see that scene in my head because it's just really, it's really descriptive. And lastly, Nick wrote a lot of music during about Medazzaran and into Pop Trash because Simon was really battling with writer's block. And Nick said that he just kind of took it upon himself to start doing these things. And he would obviously, you know, take the lyrics to Simon and Simon would sing them. And if they came out okay, then things got recorded. But Starting to remember, I never imagined Simon not writing those lyrics. And Nick says that he wrote it because he was really sad about a long-term relationship that he had that had ended. It was his feelings about how you go through that devastation and go through that sadness. And Simon and he sat down and talked about it. And Simon told him, it's kind of like you go through these stages of grief. And starting to remember is Nick's stage of grief where he's starting to remember what it was like to to be young and carefree and not in this grieving situation so now that I know that I think this song means even more than it did before because he was he just divorced Julianne this song came out in 2000 and he and Julianne divorced in 98 and again I did not know Nick had this sentimentality about him. I learned so much about him over the last um, little while. That just deepens that song for me. It's a really, really great song. I would agree. I, because I can relate to that. 
And now mm-hmm. that I heard the meaning behind that song, because I've been in that place, to your point, I will definitely hear it differently mm-hmm. when when I hear that. And also to your point, I feel like I've learned a lot about Nick in the past <laughs> few months. And it's fascinating. And like, I can never not hear, get enough of like learning about him. And I love it. Yeah. The whole, the whole program, if you haven't listened to it, the Duran 40 on Pandora is absolutely phenomenal. Dee, you would be interested in the Secret October story. Yeah, I need to listen to that. Yeah. I need to catch up on, on that. It's always so fascinating to hear those stories behind songs and the memories, the triggers and, and all of that, you know, and just the connections. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, Jody, it, it just makes more impactful mm-hmm. to, to, to you as a fan, right? You know, it, it's like you kind of don't necessarily see the human side mm-hmm. of it sometimes, right? And then right. you hear about it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then it's like, oh, it's even more of a connection because it, you're connected to their humanity and their vulnerability, and, you know what I mean? And the people who have held up so much and that you've revered so much and that you love and their talent and everything, and, and then you hear these stories that, that are associated with these songs that are significant to us as fans, right? Yeah. It makes it even more significant, which is yeah. And especially someone like Nick, who has just always held himself to yeah, 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 to show that vulnerability is really special. And I guess another thing that's happened, um, and then part of this CD40 celebration is that um, Whoosh has now moved on to Sirius XM. So Simon and Caddy are every week playing their show on Sirius, and whenever I'm listening to it, they keep having these. The ads come on. I'm Simon the Bond of Duran Duran. Come listen to Whoosh. I'm very sad, and I'm not going to say any more about that because I cannot listen to Whoosh anymore. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, Jody. I hope there's a little PTSD. But there I was, I was thinking though to get them actually exposure. They're getting huge exposure on Sirius. They're getting so many more people to hear, you know, hear that they have relevant things to say and hear that Simon does love new music as well as he digs into some of the old music. And it's kind of fun just, I feel like, for more of a general public to kind of, you know, get a little peek at Simon. They, a lot of them probably haven't thought about him in quite a while. And now he's, he's showing up on their radio dial. So. And he's exposing I, artists that weren't getting exposure before. I mean, even when they were on Spotify, he would talk about finding artists that had 300 plays over a year or something. And he talks about them and plays them and then they blow up for a while. So I, I think that he is actually doing real good for fans that he is finding and promoting in this way. And I'm hoping that this is going to eventually lead to their own channel on SiriusXM. So if SiriusXM is listening, um, <laughs> we would like a Duran Duran channel like YouTube has one, which is fantastic. Foo Fighters has a limited run channel going on right now as well, which is really so great. Cool, because even John Stamos yes. and Lionel Richie have done guest VJ talks and all that. I listen to it. Not that I yeah, can like to it, but they've got some pretty fun stuff happening. When your favorite artist has a was has a series section channel, it's fantastic because they do so much. And like, I mean, I'm obsessed with the YouTube um X radio channel, and I have learned even so much more about YouTube uh, since it's come back on permanently. I love it because again, it's one of those things where you get all of the you know behind the scenes talk 
and, you know, different artists coming in to talk about bands that you love. Like, you know, I just listened to Woody Harrelson talk to Edge about pop. It's the 20th anniversary of pop. Um, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's already been 20 years. What? But anyway, and I, I really like that album. And so, but just to hear like, you know, Matthew McConaughey has come in and done a guest spot. Um, you know, I've learned about a, um, an artist. Uh, well, her Instagram page is Dope Queen Thebes. And she's got like different projects going on. And so I was turned on to her because of her love of you too. I mean, like, it's just fantastic. So Durandra needs a serious XM channel ASAP. Just saying, yeah. if yeah. anybody is listening, especially with, the, and that would be a perfect thing to do for, for Duran 40, like a continuation of that, mm-hmm. to have yeah. that going. And, you know, like to, to expand on what they did with the, the Pandora thing, right? Where mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, talking, right? The behind the scenes and all of that. And it's, it's on a, a channel that is going to have a pretty significant audience and following, right? And then you can build on that. I think it would be just, Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Put, well, they're putting their big toe in there by getting yep. on the yep. programming at all. Yep. And we know that they're, they're a huge out. part of First Wave, and Richard plays them every single day. We know mm-hmm. Lori probably talks about them almost every day on her shows, even on Debatable. I've been listening to that, and I got to call in and talk to Mark and Alan for a little bit. So, Duraney's Unite, call in. Bring it up. Just, you know. We need to stay top of mind of the people there. And they talk about it as well. So there's a lot of cross-pollinating that happens on Sirius between the different properties. And they're actually starting different podcasts. So I guess we'll see kind of what happens with that. You know, I have a, I know, I like that idea. And I just looked up Sirius streaming and it's not terribly expensive. So I may bite the freaking bullet and do it. Um, but there is a Nick and Bono connection that appears in the Tiga interview um, where Nick says that Bono introduced him to, or not introduced him to, but kind of strongly encouraged Nick to see Leonard Cohen live. And Bono described the experience of seeing Leonard Cohen live as a religious experience. And Nick's like, well, I don't know if I need that, but um, <laughs> before Leonard Cohen died, he was he did a, a tour and he did he. Um, performed at the O2 in London, and Nick just, Nick said, in the back of my mind, I could hear Bono saying, hey, you should go. So he went and said it was one of the most magical, amazing shows he's ever seen. He credited Bono for, for uh, encouraging him to do that. So yay, Bono, and you too, I'm serious. Well, and hopefully, <laughs> Bono, hopefully Bono told Nick how amazing it was to tour Joshua Tree in its entirety, you know? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> There is an album we would love to hear in its entirety, Rio. Yeah. <laughs> all of them, darn it, all of them, not just well, Rio. Yes, all but I'm, if we have yeah. to vote, let's vote for first Rio and then the others. No, no, first one, first one, and then Rio. We yeah. could go on Debatable. We could. We should suggest sure. that on Debatable. We really should. What album should a classic, you know, band tour like Joshua Tree? I bet they would do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. There's a topic. I'll get on it. I'll, I'll get on I'll, I'll text Mark. You've talked to, you've talked you to Mark before, that. so there it is. You've got an in. Also, Ready? last week, Duran posed the question, or DDHQ, I should say, posed the question of voting for your favorite, like, favorite video out of, like, 47 videos. <laughs> and how does that even, like, how is that even possible to do so? Like, I was still, I tried to think about it, 
And basically, you love every video for a certain reason. So how am I going to narrow it down to like one or five? In mine, well, mine, mine is Rio. And I'll, I'll tell you what, when I meet people now that, that know nothing about Duran Duran, especially like when we were actually working in an office and I was working with some millennials and stuff, when I would talk about this band, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. I would show them Rio and like their mouths would just like fall open and be like, that is like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they were like, that is like the 80s in five minutes, but in a good way, like the fun. And so to me, to me, I mean, I loved all the videos, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it has such a reach beyond even the Duran fan community that it's so iconic because they were on the freaking boat. I mean, everyone can see that in their mind. And so that's my vote. I vote for Rio, but I love the others too. It was hard for me to pick because I, I appreciate them for what they are for each one. And it's like, I, I, I can't even narrow it down to five. <laughs> it's just, that's hard. It's difficult. And I, and I appreciate the, the Rio for what it is and Hungry Like the Wolf, you know, the, the videos that are just so seared into our cultural memory and, and, and everything. And, and they'll, they'll be there forever, right? It'll just be this iconic, just like the album cover and the, the sounds that we were talking about too. And, but it's like, man, I, I don't know. Cause I, I like all she wants is for the, the way that the type of video it is. And I like, um, Nightboat because it's just so awesome for, oh, there's a word. And y'all know, y'all know I love Girl Panic. That's my, my favorite, like, recent video. And I will make people that don't even know Duran Duran music watch it. Because especially if they know who all the supermodels are. And I just love that whole thing. So. I have an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. And I can't even, I, I, I can't compartmentalize. Like, because yeah, there's yeah. 40 years of videos. I mean, it, Paper Gods is beautiful. But... Planet Earth is what put me here, and I have this affinity for Planet Earth, and then there's, you know, 40 freaking years later, and we've got freaking paper gods. I mean, not paper gods. Pressure, pressure off. off. Pressure off. So, I, it's, it's too hard. That's like choosing your own kids, and I don't have kids. Yeah, that's, that's probably why I don't have kids. It'll be interesting we'll have to, to give it what, yeah. the choices that were made. I mean, what it, what fellow Duranis have voted for, we will say Base for Today has sentimental value to us um, mm -hmm. yes. because Miss um, Suzanne starts off that video. For those who didn't Great. know, it's still unbelievable. So yeah. Okay, so I have, a, I have a quick observation. I'm just looking really fast on YouTube. Hungry Like the Wolf has 10 million views. Rio only has 5.6 million views, which kind of surprises me. I mean, of course, Hungry Like, Hungry like the Wolf is an awesome video, but it has half of it. And I'm so surprised that like they're not closer to a billion views because aha just got a billion views on take on me now that is like one of the ultimate videos ever they got it last year so i think there's very few that actually have a billion views so maybe we, we need to work and get more people to watch these videos how long has that been official yeah. though because i think I, that yeah right. those I videos think have been started right but is this the this is from the official duran duran yeah. channel because i think yeah. that's where it counts if official it's been music on, video it says official okay. music video so if it's been on YouTube before Duran Duran uh, established the official channel, which I think wasn't that terribly long ago, okay. this would make sense. Right. Oh, it's 2009. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Come I on, people. I wouldn't use that <laughs> as, a, as a gauge. Yeah. 
there's some caveats. Yeah. Yeah, actually, because New Moon has 9.2 million, which that's wow. an awesome video also. It's a beautiful video, especially that dancing at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all laughing and shivering and all of that, yes. And I will never forget the world premiere of that video. I was just like, ran to my TV and my heart was racing and the introduction. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. this is so cool. It's all in the yeah. ring in front of the TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, when he looks in the camera, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait. And Simon's leaning, Simon's leaning in front of that giant moon, and he's, he's, you know, his voice yeah. is so low. Yeah, no. And then the girl, oh, I wanted yeah. to be her in her leather skirt and her I really cool motorcycle. Yeah, she was so cool. And then not that I want yeah. a motorcycle. The helmet visor. That was always one of my. Oh God, I love that. That was one of my favorite videos. I think at at that time, especially. And then. Dd Forty and listening to Simon talk about how that is a pretty direct, the, especially the beginning of New Moon with the shake of the picture, is a pretty direct ripoff of David Bowie's China Girl. The, yeah. the sounds and the intonation uh, and the, the the lyric as it, not the lyric itself, but how he yeah. sings it. Yeah, it's very yeah much I can see that. Which yeah. I love. Oh my god, that's my favorite. My favorite. My favorite. Which is interesting because it always comes back to David Bowie. We are right. recording this today, and it is the 46th anniversary of David Bowie's Young American. Yes, indeed. Released today. 46 years. Holy moly. Well, it's also interesting. We've not heard the verses of New Moon in the whole entire Paper Gods <laughs> tour because all we got was like two choruses switched together with the David Bowie song. There we go. I brought it back to David Bowie yet again. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that is Emily's trigger, by the way. I believe you No, no. My trigger is at the end of Favorite Prayer when he says a little red, yeah, red, red, red Corvette. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. That's your other trigger. <laughs> yes. That was Simon. <laughs> Uh, back to video. I'm not going to talk about a Duran Duran video. I'm just going to say that John premiered I Do What I Do on my birthday in 1980, whatever year that was. <laughs> Yay! I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, me that too. World yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. I was sitting right in front of the TV. Oh my gosh. Yep. That was great. That was great. That song. <laughs> I, I have that album. I have that single. Got it. Oh, we all have it. I know we all do it. We all have it. But and you know, I've actually never seen Nine and a Half Weeks. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't, oh wow. I don't, I don't think you would like it. You wouldn't like it. Well, <laughs> I know I wouldn't. Yeah, so that's why I've never seen it. I don't it, think that's. So. I don't think that's up your alley. Nope. <laughs> sure is up mine though. I had yeah. a girlfriend. Had a girlfriend who had an older sister who got us into the theater so we could see it when the oh, song was on the theater. I saw it in the theater as like a, I don't know, 16, 17 year old, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we just acknowledge you, you can leave your hat on? I mean, <laughs> you can leave your hat on. I hate that song. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is not for you, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to CD40. Let's get back to <laughs> regular programming here. <laughs> what else is going on? There's some other stuff I felt like. Yeah, Rolling oh, Stone Rolling Magazine. Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rolling Stone Magazine listed Duran Duran 15, which I don't have a clue what the name of this record is. 
as one of the top records to look for in 2021. Most anticipated. I love it. Where and I, I mean, is that an under is that an understatement? I freaking agree. Yeah. It's like Duran time and full effect. We are going on six years. <laughs> <laughs> so September, <laughs> September would be six years of this year. That's so crazy. That's when the last time they, um, yeah, when Paper Gods was released in uh, September of 2015. So September sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yeah. as a really month. Yeah. I don't remember who Nick was talking to, but he made a joke about how working with Wendy Bevan, these this music, it, it's they've written so much music that it's working out to be four albums. And it, he said, it's because I don't have to wait years to get lyrics to a song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Simon. <laughs> yes, we so know. Waitress. Nick is going to be here all week. Yeah. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Did y'all know he wanted to be a magician when he was a kid? He wanted to be a magician. I don't know if I could picture that. Nick wanted to be a magician and he he loves magicians and he he said he wished that he had someone in his house who could do magic shows every day. But he was kind of being funny. Like like Copperfield or Gallagher? Or like (laughs) Siegfried Siegfried and Roy. I I see Nick like on a giant white tiger. Probably none of the above. Yeah, probably none of the above. Instead of of a man who stole a leopard, except for a man who stole a leopard, a man who stole the tiger from Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) He said he wanted to be a magician first, and then an astronaut, and then a musician, because he saw David Bowie on top of the pop. Here's the thing, Nick, though. You are magic. Yeah, exactly. Magic. You are magic. You are magic. Was there anything I don't else? Have, I don't have any. I don't have any other notes. Well, okay. One thing that happened since we talked: Luigi Lebon had to go to emergency vet surgery. Did y'all see that on the internet? Did a they, little bit of that. Both they, of yeah, the dogs. Both of the dogs. The other Willow. Willow. Both of them. Yes. But then they were they were okay. They did emergency surgery and they got them both fixed up. And it was Yasmin uh-huh. and I think Saffron were and they were on a, a yes. reality show. Yes. And it was it was Willow that was first sick and then like three hours later they had to bring Luigi in and I love Luigi. I love the name Luigi Lebon. I think it's the best dog name ever. Thank goodness that they're okay. But look at look at on YouTube if you wanna if you wanna see them because it was a little traumatic because Luigi's older and they had to discuss are we gonna do it and Yasmin's like save him. So Yeah. Middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Dog emergency. Simon loves that dog, Luigi. He loves that dog. Um, have we heard at all what DD15 might be called? I, I don't remember hearing anything. But I don't recall at all. Okay. I haven't I heard anybody so. say anything. I just want to be surprised. Darn it. I don't want to know. You want to be surprised? Yeah, I, 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 I'm interested. I'm stupid. I want to wake up one morning and the music yeah. is dropped. And um, and I yeah. think we've talked about that that it's okay to just drop something out mm-hmm. of the blue. All uh, uh, Taylor Swift. We're gonna be good with that. Yep, that single. Yep. Oh my, the single. Yes, but I still want to know so, what the record's gonna be called. Their record names are all over the place, so I don't think there's any way for us to guess. So yeah, whatever they're feeling right now. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be good. I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait to dance. What I was yeah. still, I'm, I'm even more interested in the artwork from the album. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, Nick mentioned he's working Nick with Nick mentioned, yes, guy. he did. Yes. Hmm. He's working so, with the same guy that did the collages. Go, Stephanie. Yes, his name is Rory McCarthy. 
So he's designing the album cover, is what he said. So we did know Rory, we have... Rory did uh, that, the um, Record Store Day release cover. Is he the one who did that one the, the, with the burgundy oh, background? Oh, Japan. The collage. Maybe it is the Japanese one. Yeah, it was for, it was for I the... I think that was him, too. Him. He did the calendar this year, and he's working on artwork for the album. Yep. So it's, I'm guessing, going to be collage I'm guessing you're right. <laughs> and maybe black and white. Well, but that that but that album was cut. I mean, that artwork was covered with color. The one yeah. from the store day. Yeah. The um the calendar is black and white, and the book yeah. that followed the calendar is black and white. Um, that kind of sounds predictable, though. So yeah. he's to me like if he's already done that for them for that, then this will be. I think they'll probably go in a different direction. Was I think the collage is probably a good guess, but the colors we don't know. He's not the one there, who did Paper Gods, is he? No. That was there's always there's always some kind of pink involved on album covers. Yeah, they do like pink album mm-hmm. covers. Mm-hmm. So that part would surprise me. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Just just drop a single. Just drop it. <laughs> just Let's go. Okay, so, so if if we feel like they're leaning towards September, and that was kind of is that kind of what Nick kind of outlined poss- a possibility for September? Is that what we have yeah heard lately the mm-hmm. full album in September? The which full actually, album in September. Do we think do we think Hyde Park's gonna be pushed out to the line? That's the exactly album? what I was about to say. Uh, I, I would imagine so. Dublin has been pushed back to September. Yeah. Dublin, I but Dublin's not because Dublin's in June. Yeah. yeah, I haven't. I'm sorry. Correction, everybody. Isle of Wight has been pushed back to September. Right. So Dublin's still so, showing June 13th. Yeah. Yeah. That's still that that date has not changed yet. I think it just really depends on what the vaccine situation is, and, and like right yeah. now in London, they're on they're on a lockdown. The NME so. published an article today, or maybe yesterday, the NME posted an article today or yesterday about the future of concerts. And the country of England, the UK, not the UK, Britain, is they've, they've got a drop dead date of June 21st. And everything apparently will sort of go back to normal is the way it sounded as of June 21st. Well, then that's what they're waiting for, probably. Until then, they're trying to vaccinate everybody. And Nick even said on February 24th that they've got about 18 million people vaccinated so far. So they're still trying to vaccinate everybody. And this article goes on to say they're testing shows before the 21st and putting in clever crowd control protocols, which I don't know what that means, limiting capacity, but not requiring identification of vaccination or anything like that. Um, And then this is like the weekend before the 21st. So they're hoping they get away with it and don't create this big situation. Post that, they say everyone should be vaccinated and the country fully operating by September. It specifically said by September. Yeah. And that, that just made me think, okay, Britain's not going to open up for everyone. It, it included even, we're not really sure what to do about Americans because while we might have everybody vaccinated, America's been that's, that's what I'm saying. Americans yeah. won't be. But then so it'll be very you, different. Yeah. Because yeah. you could also, yeah. you could have your vaccination card and your passport. Like when you go right. to Africa, you have to get a yellow fever shot and you just have it in your passport. I did hear that Australia had the first concert. Richard Blade mentioned it like last week that Midnight Oil played a show because then I, I think right now they're fine. So there actually mm-hmm. has been one 
some one show or some shows happening in Australia, which, mm-hmm. hey, at least it's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing. So I have yeah. a friend that was at that Midnight Oil show. That's yes, cool. that did happen. That is true. And that happened this week, I think. Okay. And also, I just heard today that Tame Impala did a show. Because he, as you know, he's Australian, so that yeah. made sense that he would do a show down there. But Midnight Oil did happen this past week. Okay. I mean, what, Australia, was, y'all, what, what was y'all's last show before the lockdown? I've really been trying to think about that, and I believe I it was Wilco in, like, September. September of 2019. I, I don't even remember. I, I, I ended up doing a show with, like, like an 80s, 80s deal that was, like, local. And ended up a friend had an extra ticket that gave me. So it was like the hotels and Bow Wow. I can't think of, of who else. Um, so then, so, but I will go ahead. Well, then I, they moved on to the 80s cruise. So I was on the cruise and I saw the motels and Bow Wow Wow on the cruise. So I guess that they were getting ready for that. And then yeah, actually, like Katrina Rome could, and all that. Yeah. Yes. Katrina and the Waves was my final one that last night of the cruise. Oh, so no. I think my, my last actually. My last show was ACL. Mm. Okay, so October so twenty nineteen. October of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's it sucks. I wanna dance. I wanna yeah. dance in a sweaty dance floor. And I wanna out. feel the beat. It's supposed to happen in person. Yeah, they're they're actually scheduling ACL right now. This twentieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. We will see what happens. Ooh. Yeah, situation Ooh. with me. Ooh. <laughs> I got some TVs. <laughs> That's cherry ice cream smile podcast we are so glad you could hang out with us for a while please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player including spotify apple podcasts iHeartRadio, and you can even find us if you ask alexa make sure to also follow our instagram page too see you again real soon